What up, what up? <laughs> How are you? Oh, you know, in my house as usual. Oh, doing, yeah. doing the same thing I've been doing for five months. So exciting. So great. It's so mm-hmm. great. I mm-hmm. just feel so alive. Oh, yes. Don't you, though? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I know. It feels like we just spoke. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, we just but we didn't. Did, right. No, it was a week but, ago. Yeah. So I don't know what day it is or what time it is or what's happening anymore. Honestly, like the second March <sighs> happened, I lost all concept of time. I know. You go. Would you? I stop? don't. Sorry. <laughs> I need and, uh, if anyone. If anyone listening has dog advice, Hugo does not stop licking my hands, and I don't know why. It's really Ooh. annoying. Okay. <laughs> that's that's the highlight of my week. Well, no. <laughs> that's his, it's just his thing, okay? I don't know. I tried to read. I, I read stuff that said it's like a soothing mechanism for them, but I think he's just a freak. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be true. But listen, you know, <laughs> we're all just trying to get by, Kelly, you know? Oh, he's been living his best life since. Oh, because you're with him all the time. Yeah, I'm home constantly. Uh I'm like kind of worried, like what would happen if I actually did go back to an office? And Oh, yeah, we've already talked about. Yeah, yeah, I've had friends. We've talked about this, like, um, uh, like, what are these dogs that are now, you know, so you said owners and. Yeah, pet pal, whatever you want. Around all the time, the cats yeah. are like, "Get the fuck out of my house!" Yeah, cats don't really. But the dogs I mean, are like, "Oh my god, this is great! I've hit the jackpot. You're my best friend. I love you." And it's sometimes yeah. super intense. <laughs> yes, it's really yeah. hard for me as a person to be loved as much as my dog loves me, and I know that mm-hmm. so stupid. But... No, I get it, and I think it is going to be a real. You know, um, that's these there's some things that I've already been thinking about with friends. You know, it, it, if people do have to go back to the office all day, that's gonna what, be a big thing for them. I'm gonna have to drop them off at my uncle's house every day, like yeah, and go to mm-hmm. buggy daycare every day. That's what I call it. Yeah, that's right. When I say I'm dropping, I'm dropping him off at daycare. That's right, but he loves it there. He so. does love it there. That and you're told the story about the free chicken, right? Oh, no. I didn't tell the story about the free chicken. I can't believe this has ruled our whole family's life for, like, two weeks because <laughs> it was the only exciting thing to happen. No, my uncle brought him into the fresh market because it was a Thursday, and he wanted to make sure the fresh market had the the chicken. They have really good chicken. They do, like, a whole, a whole chicken, a whole chicken. <laughs> like, they cook the whole chicken and put it in the thing, like, put it in a... Uh, right you know what i'm i i I don't go to the grocery but (laughs) fucking now not anymore (laughs) right but uh like on thursday they have this special they just they have they have a chicken special on thursday that's all i'm saying Mm -hmm. so and he went in but he was holding hugo and he went in because he lives right next to the fresh market and he went in to see if like to make sure they still had one and to tell them that he was going to go put the dog up and come back and get one because he didn't he wants to make sure he went before people got off of work and like you know rushed in and, and got you know got one yada yada yeah yeah, so, yeah yeah while he's in there he like makes friends with 
the person behind the counter and my dog who barks at literally everything alive, like everything, sometimes even just like a bag moving, he'll bark at that, barks (laughs) obsessively at everything. Yeah. Not apparently bark once and did not do anything like any, anybody that passed him, like nothing. It was a perfect little angel. And then these two motherfuckers come out of this fresh market experience with a free chicken. Got a free freaking chicken. <laughs> Hugo knew. He was like, um, he goes like, hold on, people. Okay, love me. I got this. Let me yeah. turn on my charm, right? And get my I got free this. chicken. But then, yeah. they went back like again later. This not the same time, but like a month or so later, and some uh-huh. ass bitch said oh, something. No. Got my uncle and my dog kicked out of the fresh market. <laughs> Why? Oh no. I was like, one, Hugo is part Chihuahua and so tiny. And two, my uncle is like the dearest old man. Like he, he's yeah. legitimately like grandpa looking, but he's the sweetest old man. Probably in there all the time. I, right. And I'm like, what yeah. freaking Karen Aww. got these two like, oh my, I mean, and him holding Hugo and he's got a mask on. It's like the cutest thing in the world. Like, you are the worst. The actual worst. Yeah. Apparently they have signs in there that say they let, they allow um, service animals. They apparently do not because they kicked my uncle out. <laughs> Even oh, though no. Hugo is not a service animal. <laughs> well, he could be an emotional support animal That's though. What I said, I was like, you should have just said that you were going to call your lawyer and that was, it was your emotional support animal. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't told the chicken story. Yeah. That's a good one, though. I know. I like that. Like, man. And now they apparently find money every time they go on a walk. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to. Can I walk? Exactly. I, I was like, money. that never happens to me when I walk my dog. Like, especially oh now. God. Like, I come back and I'm just sweating. It's the only thing I get up <sighs> to walk with my dog. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's and then I think he's kind of so little and it's so hot outside. Mm-hmm. It's a vicious cycle. I'm like, are you I sure this- Is that a thing you got to do? I don't know what it is about this summer, but it's especially torturous. I just, I don't know. Which, like, I don't it's feel is good. Isn't, I don't know how, like, hurricanes work. I don't know. Shit, but I really hope that. The- oh, Lord. I mean, Listen, I the know. The heat is bring on something else. Can we, but, you know, they, they love to cover, like, oh, there's five waves coming off of Africa. I and I'm like, I cannot. What? do this <laughs> i know and can we talk about the current one that's happening and the name it's like oh I, yeah i i scissors it's a weird name yeah so yeah weird. and someone I mean, asked margaret on air if that's really how you said it and she was like yes oh <laughs> it was hysterical i'm like well oh, god i mean she didn't pick it so she's like no you know, it's not that's... fucking fault yeah well they only have so many names i guess they have to go through i don't know true and then if it's ever a storm an actual storm they retire it right yeah, yeah. if it's a i think like if devastating it's a, like if i think if it's a storm that makes landfall question mark i have zero idea i don't know how weather i don't know i really don't that was know a whole either. science class my fifth grade year at st Catherine. we had like mm-hmm. all each quarter was a different science class and weather was one of them. Isn't that weird? Isn't that a weird time? I took weather. Yeah, I grew. I I spent um, a good part of my childhood in North Louisiana, and that is at the end of um, Tornado Alley that goes through uh, Oklahoma and 
Texas. Well, that makes and sense. So yeah. we would get these terrible tornadoes and I've witnessed several but so like oh. we had a whole thing on weather and like what to do and all this kind of stuff. Oh, God. Yeah, it was pretty terrifying. <laughs> that is no, mine was this is what a cumulus cloud is. <laughs> we had tornado drills constantly and also like that was the height of the cold war so it was like oh my god did you get under you know? did you get under your desk like that was going to help you at all if they yeah like <laughs> everybody get in the hallway cuz when the cuz we'll all be hits, together when we get <laughs> when your face melts off it'll be in the hallway <laughs> poor i mean i'm sure they were just doing what they could but I, like looking back I mean, i'm like y'all got to know that that was ridiculous right <laughs> i know come on man <laughs> yeah exactly well at least you had weather too now i feel less um i feel less weird i just thought that was such a, such a strange um science class yeah it was very yeah weird. no i think that's and it was yeah. my teacher was a nun and she always wore a wool skirt and she would rub her hands against the wool skirt. And I always mm-hmm. I right in front of her because I talked a lot. Surprise, surprise. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's <laughs> <I was> always. <laughs> yeah. Um, every report card. She's a great kid, but she talks a lot. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Fucking tell me something I don't know. Um, <laughs> so she would just sit there. And I'm like, this bitch is going to start a fire in the middle of this thing, rubbing her hands on this wool skirt back and forth. I'm like, Jesus. And I'm going to be the first one that blows up because I'm sitting right in front of her. I was terrified for my life. That's probably why yeah, I learned she, much about weather. She, I'm sure she did it on purpose so she could just zap whoever she needed to. <laughs> exactly. You know. No, she, uh-huh. so, she was so cool. She used to she used to walk in um walk in the mall and stuff. Oh but, yeah, and, mall and walker had, the, had like the '90s like headphone things that were like the big. Uh-huh. They had the antenna that went up. Oh cool. Yeah, she was like she was legit, and she would take her habit off to go walk around mm. like that. It was very weird. Seeing a nun without without their their headgear on is just that is weird. Yeah, jarring. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is jarring. Yep. All right. Well, enough about weather class. <laughs> anyway, so on to something else. All right. So I have a story for you today. So ready for this wine? Okay. And ready. Excellent. So here are some words that I want you to think about. God. Met- a a metery cemetery. A metery one just yet. Okay. Yeah. Metairie Cemetery. Got it. Rhine rhinestone suits. R- rhinestone suits. Is this one of those things, like you have like like a stroke and they tell you all the words and you have to remember them? I'm gonna you have fail. to remember them in order. You're gonna have to repeat this back to me later. I'm gonna so fail. Just... I'm gonna fail this test. <laughs> <laughs> I have the memory of a goldfish. I'm gonna fail. You get extra okay. points if you do it in order. Metairie yeah. Cemetery. Rhinestone cowboy. Rhinestone suits. Got it. <laughs> Emmy Lou Harris. Oh fuck. Emmy Emmy okay, Emmy Lou Harris. Mick Jagger. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> Napoleonic Law. Okay. And a midnight body snatching. What the fuck? <laughs> Can you not wait? Okay, this is what, what we're talking about today. Oh fuck. What do all these have in common? I I mean, oh god. I who even knows? Who even knows? <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about... Mick Jagger wears a lot of rhinestones. Oh, but no, these suits are different. These are very special suits. I don't like that. That sounds... Okay. <laughs> that sounds scary. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about country rock musician Graham Parsons. Do you know who Graham Parsons is? I do not. Okay, so I would 
I would encourage you after this to go listen to some Graham Parsons because he's one of my favorites. Okay, I will give it a goog. Yes. All right. So he is buried in Metairie in the Garden of Memories, which is on Airline Highway. So that's not the big Metairie Cemetery. No. It's, it's a different one. Oh. Um, yeah, but he's not from here. So there's a what? story about how he ended up there, and it's very complicated. And it involves all of those things you listed? Yes. Okay. Well, shit. All right. Okay. So, hang on. He was born um, in on November 5th in 1946 in Winter Haven, Florida. Okay. His original name was Cecil Connor. No wonder why he changed it. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> on board. <laughs> on board with the name change. <laughs> okay. He grew up with a love of rock and country music, like, separately, like Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis and kind of rockabilly kind of stuff. And felt like that was kind of what really called to him. So he started to, uh, to play the guitar at the age of nine and just kind of went with it. He grew up mostly in Florida, but he had kind of a rocky childhood. Mm. His father uh, committed suicide Ugh. and that was really hard for him. Yeah. And his mother went on to remarry um, a man whose last name was Parsons. And that's how he got the last name Parsons. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. And his uh, stepfather adopted him and his sister. So oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Well. Oh, okay. Well, okay. all right. It sounded <laughs> for a second. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, there's always more to things. Lot to a family. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he started playing music and forming bands and performing when he could. Um, his mother became addicted to drugs. And oh. sometimes he would join her. In partaking of the drugs at nine, no, later when he oh, was a teenager. Okay. I was sorry. Like, yeah, we've wait, moved on to teen. You got to tell sorry. me. <laughs> yeah, like, shit. As a teenager, yeah. My goodness. Yeah. So, um, in high school, he wasn't a great student, and he kind of still, you know, focused more on his music career. It wasn't that he wasn't smart, right? Um, because he would later be accepted into Harvard. Oh shit. But he just was lazy and liked drugs and liked to play music. That's kind of like what he wanted to do. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so he kind of got a reputation for his music in Florida and South Carolina, where he joined up with a band called the Shilohs at the age of 17. Okay. And toured around with them for a little bit while in high school. But on the morning of his high school graduation, he learned that his mother had passed away from alcohol poisoning. So, oh, no. Yeah. So that's another. So like his. Oh, God. His, yeah. Yeah. Not a great like family situation there. No. Um, like I said, he was accepted to Harvard, but he really didn't go. Yeah. Which can you imagine? Like, I, <laughs> I, I mean, that would have been interesting. Yeah. So anyway, what was more important to him was the formed a band, the International Submarine Band rolls right off the tongue uh-huh in 1965 so um <laughs> you know right. it's the 60s man you know yeah the international Rugs. submarine band <laughs> yeah so he kind of innovated what he called cosmic american music sure of course that <laughs> genre so it's kind of country, rhythm and blues, soul, folk, rock. Like, you just got to listen to it. You'll get it. Okay. You listen to it. Um, he became friends with members of The Birds 
and okay. briefly um, was a lead singer for them when oh. they were kind of going through some changes. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. He also became really good friends with Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. I mean, jealous. Right. And um, it was said that his musical style influenced a lot of their sort of country rock sound that they kind of went through, mm, mm-hmm. you know, here and there. Yeah. Um, but it was his next band that would kind of become iconic and kind of a cult. It gained him a cult following. Um, that was the Flying Burrito Brothers. <laughs> no joke. Classic. Um, they reformed in 1969 with him as the lead singer. So it had been formed earlier with another band. There were different other band band members, but there were he kind different of different brother. Took, yeah, he kind of it's a different burrito brother. <laughs> yeah, so he took over for that, um, and they toured a lot and opened for the Birds and appeared at festivals and did all kinds of stuff. Um, now, uh, people that love Graham Parsons like love the flying burrito brothers like seriously cult following like i said like (laughs) yeah i feel like that's like a joke thing that juan's flying burrito um like Mm -hmm. like a gimmick that juan's flying burrito came up with like a Mm -hmm. or something (laughs) yeah it's a real band and very influential hey man the stones liked them so i mean you know you know so around this time his use of drugs increased so much that he's kind of stopped writing songs. Well, I mean, yeah, when you can't like function as a human. Yeah. Difficult. He's, he spent a lot of time partying with the Rolling Stones and it said this, they were in America in 69 to finish their let it bleed album. And that's when he kind of was hanging out with them the most. Um, and, um, the Flying Burrito Brothers were still playing, but like the crowds kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, then in 1973, he hooked up with, well, sorry, in 1971, he hooked up with Emmy Lou Harris. And so I, don't, I wouldn't say that he discovered her, but their partnership really kind of launched her career. Okay. And their duets are legendary. Like they do these amazing duets that kind of swept everybody away and so she went on tour with him and his man in 1973 Hmm. okay but he was such a mess and the band was such a mess that it was said that emmy lou was the one that was like okay guys like we need a a set list we've got to practice you know leave it to the woman to like right like get your shit together right idiot you know (laughs) and you know how great she is i mean she's just amazing yeah I love her so much. Anyway, <clears throat> so if if it could get worse, Uh-oh. his drug abuse just kept getting more and more. So he was using massive quantities of psilocybin, cocaine, at one point heroin, um, alcohol, just like it's a wonder that he was able to function at all. That's how that's how I felt when I saw um the dirt. The movie about Motley Crue. I was like, yes. Oh my God. How, yes. It's like that. How in the hell are you, How are you even still- walking around? Right. I, I don't know. You see the, the pictures of these 
bands drinking Jim Beam like straight out of the bottle before they go on stage. Like I would, I couldn't function. It's not <laughs> throw up and fall asleep. Right. Like I don't understand <laughs> that. Like on stage, like if some, I wouldn't make it to the stage. It would I would be I'd still be in the green room, curled up on the sofa. I don't know. Yeah, I am not when it comes to that. Anyone's like, let's do shots or let, you know, who can oh, drink man. more? I'm like, get away from me because no. I will fail at that is what will happen. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Okay. So quick, quick connection to New Orleans. Um, his connections to New Orleans are are slim, which makes it even weirder that he's buried here. Okay. His stepfather Bob Parsons who we talked about right um moved to New Orleans his mother's death so he actually his his stepfather had a home on Audubon place oh okay that and Graham Parsons married his only wife at the time Gretchen Burel there oh so um the family had money by the way uh, Graham Parsons' grandfather had a citrus farm and left them massive amounts of money. So that's also partly why Graham Parsons was able to just like be a dilettante and just yeah, like booze out and not have any consequences. Yeah, not have any responsibilities and just like go here and yonder. Right. Farting his life away, basically. <laughs> Did you say farting his life away? Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so here's where things take a turn. Oh, God. Um, Graham Parsons loved Joshua Tree National Park. He loved it. So he was always going there to probably trip out and look at the stars and do all that kind of stuff. So, uh, oh, yeah. And it says he reportedly experienced several UFO sightings while on psychedelics. So I'm wondering, hmm. Yeah. Which came first? The LSD or the UFO, you know, it's like the chicken and the egg situation. It isn't though. It was the LSD for, <clears throat> yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we know what came first. <laughs> yeah. So he was scheduled to resume, resume touring in October of 1973 when he decided to go on another camping trip um, to Joshua Tree. So it was September 10th, you know, getting ready for October he took some friends and his girlfriend, who was awaiting divorce from his wife, but he already had a girlfriend, as that goes, you know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. So they were camped out in, in Joshua Tree, but the rest of the group would go into town to go to bars and, like, go out to dinner and stuff like that. But he would stay out in the desert and hang out and do whatever you do when you're taking barbiturates and, and drinking and stuff in the desert. <laughs> So on the night of September 17th, it said he challenged his friends to drink with him and they all said no. And he said, I'll drink for the three of us and proceeded to drink six double tequilas. Ooh. Ooh. I know. Just the thought of that. Ugh. No, 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 no. Don't like that at all. No. So <laughs> they returned to the Joshua Tree Inn where they're staying and he purchases morphine from some unknown woman there because that's because exactly. that's always a great idea yeah um she injects him and he he starts to overdose like he's overdosing so mm. they bring him back to his room 
They give him a cold shower and it says an ice cube suppository. So that's alarming. What? what? <laughs> I don't oh. know. Oh, God. I don't know. Oh. And his friend's like, I know what. I'll go buy coffee. Because when someone is ODing on morphine, you just need coffee. Obviously. Right? That's exactly. Just, that's what I want to wake up. It doesn't call. It doesn't coffee just solve everything. Right. If you just need to wake, you know, you need to perk me up. Right. <laughs> right. No. So his respiration started to become irregular and then he stopped breathing. They tried to resuscitate him, but it wasn't working. So they called an ambulance. Um, uh, he was declared dead on arrival at High Desert Memorial Hospital at 1215 a.m. on September 19th, 1973. The official cause of death was overdose of morphine and alcohol. He was 26 years old. So it seems like 26 wasn't all the rest of those. No, that was 27, but 27. Okay. Yeah. Like so young to do that much damage to your body. I I can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's all. Yeah. Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain, um, uh, Janis Joplin, um, Jim Morrison, Jim, Jim Morrison, Hendrix, Hendrix, all died at 27. Crazy. The curse. I know. Well, he, he almost made it. He was 26. Well, he <laughs> beat him to it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So before his death, he had always said that he wanted, if he died, he wanted his body cremated at Joshua tree and his ashes spread over cap rock, which is a natural feature that everyone visits while they're there okay um however his stepfather upon learning of his death organized a private ceremony back in new orleans and didn't invite any of his friends from the music industry um so when one of his friends later heard that bob parsons his stepdad had arranged for him to be buried in louisiana hoping to inherit his fortune (gasps) via the state's napoleonic code Oh shit! So it wasn't good. It wasn't because he wanted to be nearby, or he just whatever. He just wanted his money. What a dick! Yeah, yeah. Damn. So his friends pile into a car and rush to LAX. So they go to the airport. The Grand Parsons' body is like getting ready to be put on a plane to be brought to Louisiana. Oh, wow. It's in a hearse. They somehow convince airline employees that the family had changed their burial plans and they steal the hearse with the body in it. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, there was some uh, drugs you involved. Know, uh, you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there they are. They've got this hearse. They hightail it back to Joshua Tree. What? Okay. Okay. <laughs> they reach Cap Rock. Uh-huh. And they like they have they get the the coffin out and all that kind of stuff. All right. So here's where like it's really hard to burn things sometimes. Oh no. Oh. So like, you know, like a thick coffin mm. is not going to work. Oh, no. So they I think they opened it and 
you know, it's hard to get things to catch on fire. It just is. So they poured five gallons of gasoline into the open coffin. What? And threw a lit match inside. Apparently, there was an enormous fireball, but then it kind of, like, burned for a little while, a little charred for a little bit, but, like, it wasn't great. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, the police have been alerted to what's happening, so Uh they show up, and the friends, I I don't know if they jumped back into the hearse (laughs) or what, but they, like, (laughs) took off, and the police chased them. Um, and they escape in the hearse. <laughs> I, I'm assuming in the hearse because that's what they took out there. <laughs> that's hysterical. <laughs> so several days later, they were arrested. But since there's no law against stealing a dead body, they were only fined $750 for stealing the coffin. Okay, so there's laws against stealing a coffin. Right, but not the dead body inside. The dead body that's inside. Right. Cute. Right. Very cute. So what was left behind was 35 pounds of charred remains in the desert, which is pretty gross. Ugh. Oh, I kind of, I feel bad for him. I know. Like, me too. Yeah, like his friends were trying to do what he wanted. They were trying. like... I know. Oh, God. Meanwhile, his grody stepdad was like, this douche. I know. There wasn't enough left for much, but he did have the remains brought back here. Um, So it's like, so whatever was charred, he got it brought. Oh, God. This poor. I mean, that's like halfway cremated. Like, it's not all, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Rest in peace. Gross. Anyway. So they had a family service at Boltman Funeral Home without any of his friends. Fun fact. And you know this probably. (laughs) Boltman Funeral Home is located at the corner of St. Charles and Louisiana Avenue. Um, That's where the funeral took place. But it is now a fresh market grocery store. (laughs) Which is real weird. It's been a lot. It was it was a bookstore before that. Yeah, it was a Barnes and Noble at one point. It was yeah, like a Walgreens, I think. No, it was just a bookstore and then a fresh market. I thought it was like else in between there because it kept changing, and I was like, "That's because yeah, people, dead people are up in there are there, right? Exactly." But it also hosted services for callback actress Jane Mansfield after she was killed in the auto accident. Oh shit. Yeah. So it was kind of the place to be when you were dead. And you died. <laughs> People were dying to get in. but I'm- Right. Ha huh? <laughs> Okay. So in Joshua Tree, that site is known as, quote, and I don't know why, the Cap Rock parking lot. I don't know why they call it Cap Rock parking lot. That's weird. I don't know. Why, um, yeah, why parking lot? I know. I don't is know. Is it a parking lot? I don't think so. <laughs> Drugs are weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there is no monument there, but a lot of people go there and look for it. And they, they t- spans 
collect rocks and like stack them up and leave notes and stuff like that. And the parks department has to come and like take it all down and all that kind of stuff. That Leslie Pope um, hates that. Yeah. So, well, it's like a Native American cultural site and like you can't be messing with all that stuff. Right. So, you know, they're spraying graffiti and all this kind of stuff. And they're like, can you, can you not? <laughs> Thank you. But in Metairie, the grave is a very stark site compared to the Joshua tree where people go and they, like I said, leave notes and they're so excited and all this kind right. of stuff. It's an in-ground grave. It's, I saw a picture of it. It's like this flat, molded, con- like, I don't know, concrete. I don't know what it is. Or granite or something. Yeah. Um, it's in the ground. So it's not, not a, a headstone like you think upright. It's flat on the ground. So it gets muddy and it's gross. Yeah. I've and it says. They're weird. Yeah. It says it's a picture of, of him strumming his guitar with some lyrics from a song that he wrote, um, which is sad. Like he didn't want to be there. That's the last thing he wanted was to be in the ground, wet and muddy in a place he didn't even have a connection to. That's so weird. I know. So in the end, uh, his stepdad's attempt to inherit Graham Parsons estate was thrown out of court. Thank goodness. Oh, good. Yeah. So he didn't get anything, but you know, I wish his friends had been more successful with their attempts to actually. If they were all on drugs, maybe they would have successfully uh, <laughs> get the plan. Yeah, like, I think there was no plan. I think that was right. The <laughs> right. In the end, um, he was honored with an American Music Association President's Award, and was on Rolling Stones list of the 100 greatest artists of all time. Um. So, you know, he made a mark and has a cult following. It just, like, was kind of a crazy end to his life, which... That really is crazy. Yeah. I don't know. So that's how he ended up here. Wow. Where he should not be. Where he shouldn't be. Oh, gosh. He's probably haunting and I, shit out of some people. I wonder if, if people go look at his grave here. Do people even know? I don't think many... Unless, I think, unless you're a really like deep fan a fan you would not know no yeah and it's not at metairie cemetery it's at a smaller cemetery in metairie it's like okay one you're gonna bring him all the way back or what was left of him all the way back here and you're not right i put him in a nice cemetery Mm -hmm. well i mean i'm sure that cemetery is fine but it's not like a popular one that you would think somebody famous would be in or cool like the one where nick cage and and Marie Laveau are. And um, Lucille and Theomastico is. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Exactly. Much. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? No, he's in the ground. Yeah. That's, yeah. In the mud. In the, in a not great part of Metairie. No. <laughs> that sucks. It's so sad. That is really sad. I, I wonder, know. I mean, he's got to be by now. It's got to be all like dust i wonder if anyone is yeah. still in charge of his estate somebody's got to be still in charge of his estate i don't know just do what he wanted and now bring him back to to where he wanted to be forever yeah that's really sad though i know and at least his, well, he, i mean at least his friends tried so part of it yeah was there 
But I would suggest you go listen to his duets with Amy Lou Harris. They're beautiful. I feel like the more we talk about this person, I feel like I know who this person. I feel like I know him. Yeah. He was a really good songwriter and a great performer. And he wore those, I meant those rhinestone suits. They're called nudie suits because the man who made them, his name, last name's Nudie. (laughs) And he hand rhinestones. So he did that famous jumpsuit that Elvis wore when he was fat. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get on fat Elvis. I'm sorry, but. Poor fat Elvis. Only way to describe it. But, <laughs> but he made these beautiful white yeah. rhinestone suits and Graham Parsons collected those. Yeah, I definitely fan of those. I'm Googling him. I'm giving up. Yeah. And I've definitely, um, I've definitely, I definitely know who this is. Yeah. He did, uh, a, they did a version of Love Hurts, which is pretty famous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but some uh, that's not my favorite of it, but that's it's a great he it's looks a great like when he has facial hair, he looks a lot older than twenty six. I know, he does. Like and that might be looked like a baby and he also looked like he was a member of the Partridge family. Yeah. But then there's some where he's got like facial hair and he looks a gazillion years old. Yeah, and that might be drugs, you know. True, man drugs they do not uh poor bob dylan drugs were yeah them, let me tell you yeah so seeing that man in concert was like watching a walking skeleton oh god it was real bad he just kind of yeah like bumbled across the stage he was like oh my goodness i'm gonna walk over here now <laughs> yeah oh my god it was like so sad but i like loved him so much that i just you know yeah <laughs> um so that is the weird story. That is all a weird story. You can count on me for some weird stories about you know bodies. for real, man. For all, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's really that's really really crazy. Um, would you ever make a mad dash with your friend's dead body in a hearse? Oh, in an attempt to fulfill their last 100%. wishes. Hundred percent, no question. No yeah. question. Yeah, I don't even like dead bodies. Like, I don't like to be near them. I don't. Like I know. Be, I don't even like to be in like cemeteries. Kind of freaks me out. But if my if if Katie was like, girl, this is what I want, and somebody was trying to pull some shit, I would steal her body. No, absolutely, hundred percent. And I I just love the fact that they were only fined seven hundred fifty dollars. Like, <laughs> you can steal a dead body. Yeah, that's fine, but don't I've... steal a don't steal a coffin. That's so weird. I would I would steal your dead body. I would, I'll I would, let yeah, me, I'd steal your, yeah. sure. Let me know. Let me know. Yeah. You, man, and I'll, I'll steal it for you. I'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I yeah. could I feel like. It's just like a long car. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. I could do it. That's fine. You could totally do it. Totally. Mm-hmm. I love Not it. I love yeah. it. That was, oh, that's, that, that's a very weird story. I had no idea. I do know who this person is. So I had no idea that he had anything to do with New Orleans and n- nor was buried here. Mm-hmm. Or what was left of him was mm-hmm. buried here. That's like really sad. Also, you know, you know, what gets me too. I'm like reading, sorry. I'm like reading some things while I'm talking. Cause I'm, I gave him a goog, but uh, <laughs> I, so he like he him and Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and like all of these people how did they accomplish like they accomplished so many things before mm-hmm. they were even close to 30 
Yeah. Like, what am I doing? (laughs) Well, I do think it was a different time. It was. You know, this guy had money. Yeah, it's a lot easier, too, I feel like, when you don't have the internet or you don't have, like, stuff back then to, like, make you have a different opinion of somebody, it's easy to, like, idolize the person that you like think you know or like you know because I mean all the great things that Jimi Hendrix could have done had he lived past the age of 27 oh my god yeah you know like there's so many things and Janis Joplin and like all of that I would have loved and loved to meet Janis Joplin that there was something been. in the water like there were so many super talented like Jimi Hendrix talented yeah I just yeah I just I I think we're there are very few people who are like really famous now that I think have the the lasting ability that they had you know yeah 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 it's just it kind of blows my mind it's a moment Mm -hmm. yeah it kind of really does like how I mean I went on a tour specifically to go see Kate Ashbury and where you know like Janice lived and where Jimi Hendrix lived and mm-hmm. like all people lived in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Like there's full on tours for that shit. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's a, it's a legacy that uh, I, you know, you get waves of, of music that kind of made an impact, but like that was especially rich with talent. Totally. Yeah. Totally. That's my, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's my favorite time for music. I mean, you know this. My my uh my favorite band is Creedence Clearwater Revival. So mm-hmm. that's my <laughs> those are my people. That's my time my time area. I mean, even if you don't like that kind of any of, I say that kind, but the music is so varied. Like you know, so Jimi Hendrix is very different from CCR, from The Grateful Dead, and you know the Beatles, and you know the Stones, well, I mean, and like but, the yeah, Who, like, and like yeah, like, exactly. Like you oh think- my god. The Rolling Stones versus like Joan Baez or something like yeah right different people yeah it's kind of incredible the amount of talent that was going on then I don't know it was like something was in the water man for sure yeah. I don't know I, I don't love know. it yeah drink that water every day yeah <laughs> I don't know maybe that it was, was the, the drugs, drugs man maybe we all I'm, need to go I'm gonna pass on the drug part but <laughs> just kidding I'm gonna pass on that one I don't think uh, we need solid to do... no from me thank you uh, Hard- so that's Graham Parsons. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Loved it. It was real good. If you yeah. love Graham Parsons, <laughs> if you've seen his grave too. That's yes. Cool. If you, you know. Yes. Like that, let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, as usual, we're Big Easy at Big Easy Spirits on social media. We're at Big Easy Spirits, Big Easy Spirits at gmail.com and big easy spirits podcast.com you can find us you can find ashley and i you can email us you can let us know if you love it let us know if you don't like it then we don't like you no we're just (laughs) 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 then and then what are you then what are you how did you get through this episode why are you still (laughs) you don't like it why are you still exactly (laughs) but that's it that's the story yep That's it. So cheers. Cheers.